We're diving into the fascinating history of an entertainment and social hub in Great Falls' past called the Ozark Club and where you can learn more about it today. Just a few notes, we did have some audio issues on this episode here. We did the best we can. You can still hear it. It's just not up to our usual standard. Now, enjoy this episode of We're No Damn Experts. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Inga. I'm Shannon Newth, and And we're No Damn Damn Experts. Before we get into our episode, I want to say thank you to Ray and Larry Grossfield from Calgary, Alberta. Um, It's not very often that we get surprised here at Great Falls Montana Tourism, not because it doesn't happen, but we're always prepared for the unexpected. (laughs) So today, a box showed up in the mail, and I thought for sure, every time a box comes that I don't know what's coming from, I always immediately assume it's a bomb. Mm -hmm. Like, every time. You grew up, you know, bomber era, yeah. Right, so I'm like, oh, I don't know who this is from or what it could be. It's likely a bomb. So I went to open it, and much to my surprise, uh, Ray and Larry were here uh, visiting us in 2023. Mm -hmm. We got talking about one of my favorite topics, which is food, and the difference (laughs) between the food that exists in the States and food that exists in Canada. And I shared with them my love of peach soft bite Twizzlers. My favorite. I've never had them. To Canada, it's they're amazing. So Ray was sharing what she loves about being, you know, the food here that they come down and get, that they yeah. can get in Canada. Well, she mailed Callie and I two packages of peach Twizzlers. So thank you, Ray, for first thinking of That's us. That's so thoughtful. And second, the expense. It had to <laughs> to send that stuff uh-huh. internationally. No kidding. Um, really, really appreciate that. You guys yeah. rock. And um, any other guest that stops in, feel free to send us. Yeah, we'll take candy presents at any time. Our yeah. address is fifteen over Great Falls, Montana, five nine four zero five. And with that, we're going to launch in because we have a guest in the studio we today. We do a repeat guest. Mm-hmm. So you all are very familiar with her. <laughs> Um, we love the stories that she brings to us because yeah. they're steeped in creating Great Falls, what it is today. Yeah. It is Christy Scott from the History Museum. Yay. Thank you for being in the studio again. Yeah. I'm, I so love having you here and the stories that we get to share. Thanks. Hi, guys. Hi. Good to see you, Shannon. Good yes. to see you, Rebecca. And thanks for having me. Yeah. And at this point, I'm going to shut up because I'm really not quite sure what we're talking about today oh. other than history. Well, we ha- we just had a great like half-hour conversation <laughs> bef- about history before we even press start, which is wonderful. So the context uh, today is about one of the exhibits and, and areas of research and history that the Cascade County Historical Society provides, and that is the Ozark Club. And I will say I have knowledge of it in the sense that I knew it, I know it existed, I know the name, I know there's a room in the History Museum with it, but uh, that's what you're, you're here for today, is to, to enlighten us 
and tell us about it and why why it's important for us to know the history of it. So I guess to start with... What is the Ozark Club? Yeah. Well, <laughs> aside from being this space in the History Museum where we hold yeah. our events, of course, it is based on a real um, place and time in Great Falls that actually lasted several decades. The Ozark Club was on the south side of Great Falls, kind of up towards where the old Burton Ernie's, but over on 2nd Street. Okay. Uh, there's no building right now. There's a parking lot where the club used to be. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I knew exactly where. where it had been or that it's not there anymore. It, a South Side establishment, which yeah. of course we love the South Side at the yeah. History Museum. We're over there on Machinery Row. The South Side is colorful and interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the South Side of a lot of communities kind of get the, get the brunt of... <laughs> Of the, a of reputation. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, the Ozark Club fit right in over mm. there. It was kind of a wild and rowdy place um, where you could play poker and um, all kinds of gambling, actually. Craps, poker. Um, but there was music mm. six days a week. You could listen oh, to the holy cow. jazz in Great Falls. So, folks, um, just so you know, the, the city of Great Falls, original town site area, is laid out in a grid pattern. And that grid pattern is um, avenues running east and west and streets running north and south. And we have our main street through our town is called Central Avenue. And that's the divider. So as we're talking about the south side of Great Falls, it's the south of where Central Avenue is versus the north of where Central Avenue was. We always call it, you know, the wrong side of the tracks. But our, <laughs> our train tracks are helter skelter, and they kind yeah. of run north and south. Yeah, it doesn't so really doesn't apply here. Yeah, here um, based on the way the world works, and then um, being the case where the rail line is today, everything's south. You're right. <laughs> it's it just south of the tracks. Right. So, is it true that the south side was a little bit more of that grittier? working class, um, lower income part of the community. Absolutely. Um, And the south side of Great Falls, you know, there are some really incredible homes over Mm -hmm. there that were moved from the Anaconda Company and certainly families with money. But it was also an area quite stricken with poverty. And um, there are a lot of bars up and down that 2nd Avenue (laughs) South, which are no longer Mm -hmm. there today. Mm -hmm. And one of those was the Ozark Club. Oh. Oh. Now, back in the day, we had these big buildings. Was it a two-story building like some of the other buildings as well? It was. It was a two-story structure, and the club itself was up a set of stairs, and you'd go down a long corridor, and there was the club. And what was interesting about the club, um, well, first of all, like I said, six nights a week of jazz music. That's, that's a, a lot of music. That is a lot of live music. And to pay jazz, for. Yeah. which isn't something that would normally be thought of in Great Falls, Correct. but here we go. We've nope. got jazz. Yeah, yeah, and jazz, you know, this is the 1930s, and mm-hmm. um, jazz is an American art form. It's a type of music that was invented right here in America, mm-hmm. and um, some of the hottest jazz acts that would be going from, say, Minneapolis out to Seattle would jump on that train, Rebecca, and they'd be <laughs> headed west and, you know, there's fall there's, off yeah. in Great Falls. Totally. Yeah. Head south. Do a show. <laughs> and that, I've heard this before, that Great Falls really used to, and this isn't saying we do still have a lot of entertainment, but we used to be really this entertainment hub 
of Montana, of kind of the north inland West. northwest sort of. Um, is that true? I mean, I've heard that over the years. Um, I haven't researched any other communities, yeah. but between the um, Air Force Base and mm. the influx of people from all different walks and cultures of life, um, I think that we had a really eclectic musical taste. Great Falls was, you know, a big deal. Mm-hmm. We had early electricity. Um, there, like I said, these this was a middle, a stopping point between the West Coast and the Midwest. So yeah. I think we were known as a hub for entertainment and the mm-hmm. Ozark Club absolutely had part of that um, as well as the opera house that was built in the 1890s that I'm held so a thousand sad. people. I'm so sad that that is not in existence anymore either. I would have loved to see that building. We really yeah. valued culture in mm-hmm. Great Falls and we still do, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As um, Great Falls resident champion and part owner of the Green Bay Packers, Brad Livingston <laughs> would say, um, it is the center of the world and a lot of that had to do with the fact that we had all these elements coming together. I mean, we powered the state of Montana with our electric power, mm-hmm. um, both to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south, because <laughs> we're in the central part of the uh-huh. state. Um, and then having all of this kind of work happening with the Anaconda companies. So we've got the miners, we've got um, air service happening at the Great Falls Air Base um, efforts both in World War One and World War Two, So there's just a lot of things happening in Great Falls that, I mean, still are here today as mm-hmm. remnants of some of that uh, great history and culture. But you said it's upstairs, this Ozark Club is upstairs of this building in the back. So it's not like you would just walk down the street and see a storefront that said the Ozark Club. Oh, you know, there actually was signage out okay, front. Okay. So, so what people it, knew you didn't need like a hidden like a passcode <laughs> like to make. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's part of what really made it special is that mm. all were welcome. There was a diner there too, so oh, okay. um, people would stop and they would eat. But upstairs was the club where there was um, the dance floor and the music, and then um, the gambling establishments and. At one time, there was actually a uh, prostitution in oh. that whoop, building. Whoop. <laughs> World's oldest profession. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of our um, staff members, Ashley McCann, has worked on a Southside historic district, and she calls it, um, or tour, and she calls it the Tenderloin District, just because of hmm. all the prostitution and bars that were over on that side of town. So yeah. again, wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> you know. These are my people. Yeah. <laughs> so when we've had a north side like historic walking tour before, but this is something people can do now then. Yes, this is yeah. a new a new tour that we've developed that cool. we're going to be advertising on a second Saturday yeah. in the spring. So, you know, there's always so many cool things to do in Great Falls, yeah. but a couple of really neat things you don't want to miss is this south side tour. Um, and also stopping at the History Museum to see the Ozark Club mm-hmm. because not only do we have a room called the Ozark Club, in that room is an exhibit that's really well researched um, and it was written by staff past um, in collaboration with Ken Robeson. Mm-hmm. So who owned the Ozark Club? Was it the same owner the entire time it was open? There's actually records in the Great Falls Tribune that show that there was an Ozark Club that was open in 1917. Oh. But by 1919, Prohibition had shut it down. Oh, so, sure. Or, yeah. But by the 1930s, <laughs> Leo and Bia Lamar were the owners. Okay. And 
Um, what's unique about this story is that it was a black-owned jazz club, nightclub, on the south side of Great Falls that lasted for three decades. Wow. And it was absolutely a place where people of um, all nationalities and cultures were welcome. And if you think about that this is a time pre-civil rights where um, blacks and whites weren't mixing, um, here they are at the Ozark Club dancing. Mixing it up. Mm. Yeah, dancing on the floor together. Right here in Great Falls. And play, yeah. And creating music together. Mm. There were bands where there's um, real jazz musicians um, from the South and the East Coast mixing with j- Montana jazz musicians. Wow, that's neat. So you said they closed during Prohibition. Did they really close or did they just go underground that's when you needed the secret passcode with the (laughs) knock i mean because that still happened yeah we've got some peers within the city i don't need to name them even though the experience is amazing they unearthed the speakeasy in their underground area um gosh 2015 like they just found it and opened the doors like i want i want to find one of those things (laughs) yeah and i've actually heard um from the fire department that you know, like there's certain um, passages between buildings, not mm. necessarily the tunnels, but um, basement floors where you could go from one establishment to another establishment. This is my, this is my jam. Yeah, that'd be cool. Totally facilitated um, the speakeasies <laughs> and um, things like that during prohibition because you have to remember it was illegal to sell alcohol, but it wasn't illegal to possess it. You could consume oh. it. You just couldn't buy it you couldn't buy or sell it and um so (laughs) certain people of certain demographics maybe had stockpiles of it while other Uh people had to make their own in their bathtub yeah (laughs) if if you were good at making it sometimes you went out on bootlegger trail to distribute Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of good i think this is another i was thinking about this earlier today actually that i think this whole history needs to be a great stories of great falls oh as well percent just the alcohol history of our community yep the seediness Mm. oh But we're getting out of track. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so three decades this this club is open. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a long time. And um this Leo Lamar, he was actually playing baseball um out here before oh. he opened Ooh. his club. With Charlie Pride? Um, I'm not you know, I think the timeline kind of <laughs> May work there. Um, maybe he's a little earlier than Pride. I think actually. he's earlier than Charlie Pride, isn't he? Um, Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> but this was a really uh, successful business, and I was reading an article the other day about how this really interesting fella named Jack Mahood, who um, grew up in um, Big Sandy, and okay. he played saxophone. Um, do you guys know who Phil Auberg is, the yes. pianist and composer? Mm-hmm. Well, Auburn gets a letter from this Jack Mahood in um, the close to 2000 asking him if he could teach him piano because he's elderly. He's 83 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't play a saxophone anymore and he wants to try something that maybe is a little um, more stationary. I mean, there's still movement. Yeah. So he writes Auburn and asks him if he could um, help him learn piano. And Auburn says, I'm not going to say no to an 83 year old who wants to pick yeah. up a new instrument. Yeah. And um, they start talking, and that's when the story of the Ozark Club was really reborn. Hmm. Because Mahood starts saying, oh, yeah, I used to play jazz all the time with um, uh, at Leo Lamar's club with some famous jazz musicians. And he says, and we recorded this music. Oh. oh. On something that was equivalent to, like, what a Kodak instant camera would be yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. They could record the music, yeah. and this Mahood 
had this the records still. Wow. Oh, please tell me somehow they're at the History Museum. Yes, now. I'm like, I want to hear it. Well, Auburg helped um, get them transferred onto mm. a different, more stable um, material. And we have copies of them, yes. Oh, that's so cool. But it's really, um, Philip Auberg knew this Mahood, who then in turn donated um, instruments and stories. Mm. And then I go to find out that um, one of my art professors at U of M, um, James Todd, who was raised in Great Falls, he too played in a band <laughs> at the Ozark Club. Wow. <laughs> so this is an ancient history. Right, no. It, it's really important history that talks about race in America and how important music is. Yeah. But it's also our grandparents, our people right. who would have gone to the Ozark. Hmm. Does it just blow your mind when things like that happen? Because you think of it as years and years and years ago, like generation, and it's, and it's not. It's yeah. recent history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like ancient history, but you know, yesterday being Martin Luther King Day, mm-hmm. just thinking about, gosh, it was 1968 when Martin Luther King was killed. That's like a decade before I was born. Right. Yeah, that's not that very long. Mm-mm. And that's around the time, let's see, the Ozark Club closed in like 64. Um, there was a fire, so. Is Did that it why close? the building doesn't exist anymore? It's because the fire took the whole thing? Yes. Oh. And there is a community effort to put some signs up marking where it um, once was. So yeah. you could stop and read about this was the location of the Ozark Club. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. I think Ooh. That would be neat. I have an idea related to something else I'm involved in. Sure. We'll talk to you later. Well, it's... Not for our it, consumers to hear. No, not yet. So Maybe you want to make a note. so lots of famous performers came through the Ozark Club I think that's one of the things that makes it so special whether it was um, Miss Wiggles and her dancing or Miss Wiggles and her dancing that sounds (laughs) like a kids program but I it's (laughs) no but it sounds fun I guarantee you it was not for children's eyes no but it's it sounds like it but it sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yes, indeed. And let's see, Red Fox, a yep. pretty raunchy comedian. He he came oh. through there. Bob Maybean, who was a well-known um, jazz musician from the South, was there and actually played in a band at one time with again this Jack Mahood, who's a Great Fallsian, who passed away over a decade ago. And then his wife Dora Mahood um, recently passed away just a few months ago. Oh wow. Oh. But um, I was reading in this article about how you'd go up the stairs to the Ozark Club and there were two huge OC seltzers hanging mm. um, right there. So, you know, My the, gosh. Yeah, it's the seedy side of Great Falls, but that doesn't mean that these people didn't have money and class and right. yeah. style and good taste. For, should we say what that means? What? That he was a incredible oh, painter yeah. alongside Charlie, Charlie Russell. Russell. Yeah. I just find it cool like all of their art was just in just bars there. Yeah. <laughs> in Great Falls. <laughs> like right. um, the Exalted Ruler mm-hmm. pulled out of a bar. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> These um, you know, museum quality artworks oh, yeah. that were just in hallways mm-hmm. or yeah, it's pretty fabulous. So mm-hmm. I always envision one day, like, I'd create a piece that just hangs, you know, next to the door to the restroom. And people would <laughs> be like, oh, let's have an exhibit of all of their work. And then mm-hmm. I became famous someday. And they're like, wow, could you believe this art just hung next to the bathroom entrance? Yep. I'd be like, yeah, I have you met me? <laughs> Thank God we're well, doing a podcast go. so people know. They're like, yeah, we, we can get where it came from. Work would be right next to a toilet. <laughs> 
But that's not fair for O.C. Seltzer and Charlie Russell. No, but that's neat that it was just part of the landscape of this Well, club. it's something that's just included as decor. Right. It's just a real neat piece. Yeah. And that people deserve um, mm-hmm. to see beautiful art. And Absolutely. like you said, culture. It's like we had this opera house and there were all these painters in the community and there's live music um, six or more nights a week. Um, says a lot about why, how, how important culture was to mm-hmm. the people of this region. Mm-hmm. So, Christy, you may or may not know, the gambling that happened, was that illegal gambling or legal gambling because i you know in today's world there's legal gambling you know i don't know what the rules or the laws were back then that's a good question i have some good ones every now and again boy double whammy there prohibition and illegal gambling happening in one spot (laughs) well i don't we don't know anything happened they were closed for prohibition so they were good followers of the rules. The upstairs sure. was closed. Yeah, the diner yeah. was still open. They could still <laughs> make the rent. Right. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, here's a little snippet from the newspaper. It says, the club itself wasn't much to speak of. A big room with a bar at one end and a bandstand at the other. Owner Leo Lamar and his second wife Beatrice ran a multifaceted operation. Some of the night shows were risque. Um, oh my! And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're absolutely aimed towards traveling businessmen as their clientele. <laughs> you know, you had the high quality jazz, but on the other hand, you kind of had a low life atmosphere. That's what the article says. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's like the perfect mix, and almost sums Great Falls up to a T. <laughs> yeah, it sounds um, like your kind of place. I mean, that in a good way. I mean, it just sounds yeah, like something just, you like your kind of place. Yeah, it does. I've always had this. That makes it sound bad. I just mean like that's like your, (laughs) that's your like. No. Yeah, I realize this is coming across really poorly. It doesn't sound bad at all. Okay. And if you took it that way, you just don't know. You don't know you. Yeah. I mean, Great Falls is authentic, and Mm -hmm. that's something we really have going for us. Yeah. But just because we're authentic and we're there's a rowdy um, cowboy culture, um, blue collar worker side to us. We also have class. It's like you yeah. can see that downtown with our restaurants. Mm-hmm. You see that at our art institutions. And, you know, I'm just like an everyday middle class Great Fallsian. I don't have an OC seltzer. <laughs> I wish I did. An original. Yeah. But I am collecting artwork. And yeah. I buy it right here in Great Falls, Montana. And yeah. um, have some really quality pieces. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the case for Great Falls. Like, it's yeah. not like you would meet me at a dive bar and go, oh, she's probably got some original artwork on her wall. <laughs> Which I do. Right. That's right. a Great Falls thing. You yeah. Know? I, I think about uh, a lot of the friends that I have from other places when I lived in Big Sky, and they'd have pieces of art that they inherited from a grandparent versus friends my age here buy original art. It's like... Yeah, you know they're like saving up their money during so that during Western Art Week you can buy a thousand dollar painting and right. Yeah, it's like oh that's not just for like old people. Yeah, right. you want to have that. It's not for the elites. It's for everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is probably a good opportunity to say too ahead of Western Art Week when you come for that, which you should, which is March thirteenth through the seventeenth. Thank you. Uh, there's an opportunity you can buy the million dollar Charlie Russell or O.C. Seltzer. Seltzer. And there's a whole range in between Mm -hmm. of you can get original pieces within your budget if you're coming with the mind that you want to purchase a piece. They're not all 
multi-thousand dollar pieces you can find, you can go home with an original piece of art. Yeah. And that's an exciting feeling. Um, yeah. You get to enjoy it all year long on your wall. It never mm -hmm. gets too small. It never gets worn out. You know, yeah. it's, it's just beautiful. And let me make the plug that O.C. Seltzer's grandson, Steve Seltzer, is still here. And he mm. makes art as well that you can buy during Western Art Week. And still one of my favorite pieces is a Diana Rosen piece out of Stanford. She's a soil artist, so it's all made with different colors of dirt. Mm. I love them. They're originals. Neat. They're small, and so I get to collect a new one every year mm. as part of my collage. I yeah. love it. Central Montana has a lot of incredible artists, mm. and um, we often say that at the History Museum, too, that um, there's so many artists that are worth preserving and talking about. Like, of course, you have the powerhouse Russell. Um, but there are lots of other artists, and mm -hmm. like O.C. Seltzer, there's lots of other artists that you can experience at the History Museum. And those range from um, Jim Todd to, you know, a small seltzer, um, and some female artists that you might mm -hmm. not have had a chance to see. So, mm -hmm. And a lot of some of, oh, good lord, <laughs> a lot of some of. <laughs> I'm spectacular. <laughs> at I just thought I should. It's reiterate a good description. That. Yeah. Um, I've picked up jewelry pieces during Western mm. Art Week that also never get too small for me, uh, that I love, mostly earrings. And the artists that I'm buying from, I go back to every year at the same shows to get those, see what they've created in the last mm -hmm. year, and pick up my next new piece. We had the, last year we had the August show, so I got Western Art Week twice a year, kind mm -hmm. of, and I picked up a piece of, or uh, earrings, goodness gracious, I'm going to have to really <laughs> A piece up. of earrings. <laughs> I picked up some earrings from one of the people at the Western, Great Western show, and I was torn between two different earrings, and so I'm just hopeful they mm. have something I love in March as well there you go. this year. I bet you'll find something. It, it's yeah. fun um, having friends from across the state um, that come up to Great Falls for Western Art Week yeah. that you know live in Big Sky, Bozeman, Missoula, but they're also starting to come up here for music, hearkening mm. back to the days of the Ozark Club when you could yeah. get jazz six yeah. nights a week. Um, the Newberry's really killing it with yeah. the opportunities to see live music in Great Falls. There's multiple places within a week, the Newberry included, that you can find live music like, like um, dur they're like throughout the week there's like always the a place cowboy. Celtic yeah. cowboy has that um the dew bar often has yeah. that like there's i'm and i'm spacing uh, the sip and dip lounge will have of course with joel corda yeah uh, frontier inn um the flamingo has live music i mean yeah. there's just a variety of places throughout town that'll have live music throughout the elevation week yep, yep. and music brings us together and the mm -hmm. ozark club is a perfect um example of that that here's a place where you can gather it doesn't matter how, how much money you have unless you're trying to visit the crib or, <laughs> <laughs> or right um you know everybody is welcome mm -hmm. and yeah, I think it's it's really neat, but it's something that you can still see in our community that music is important to us, and um, people should come up to Great Falls. There's a lot to see mm -hmm. and do here. I had nothing. Oh, okay. I, I, I heard you breathe, so yeah. a little like... <gasps> so yeah, I, was I, was like, like <laughs> I was thinking of saying something, but then I was like, no, you can't even form sentences. <laughs> just I was noticing yeah. the other day, speaking of live music, that um, at the Celtic, I'm like, wow. 
Peter Jennings is bringing in music like almost every day of the week. Yeah. That must be honestly what I thought is that must be so expensive. Yeah. And he's willing to make that investment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's we we want to come out. We yeah. want to hear new things, see new things. Um, it's not just about drinking. It's about um, drinking, eating, and listening to good music and yeah. enjoying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things at the History Museum that we haven't talked about that is really just an asset is we have a podcast, so we just bring people on and they can tell us stories, Mm -hmm. but maybe you want to create your own stories, uh, learn some of your own things, create um, content that is steeped in history. You have the ability to go to the History Museum and research all Mm -hmm. these things, like Christy just did for us about the Ozark Club. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Didn't have to <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is so much. There's a lot of primary resources there. So we have people that are um, making films or doing a documentary or writing books, writing articles, and you can come and get that firsthand research at the History Museum. In fact, in college, when I was looking um, for subjects to write about, I felt that Cascade County had a lot of untold history that Mm. um, we didn't know about, and I found myself at the History Museum. I was like, wow, there are so many stories here to research and write about, and that's just going to continue to grow um, as we continue to offer a repository for collections um, like that of Jack Mahood's that helped us uncover and retell the story of the Ozark Club. Mm. We hosted the Western Writers of America, and they collectively had people um, going to the History Museum and the Lewis and Clark and other institutions throughout our community doing research for either articles or screenplays or books that they were writing, but they wanted some additional information on kind of how to craft characters and how to tell stories or those kind of things. So such an asset and it's currently getting some love in the form of some capital investment tell us what's going on there well we're so excited um we have a half a million dollars worth of grants that we've written to refurbish the second floor of the history museum especially Mm. the research center and then a generous donor um owen and gail robinson came in and donated another half a million dollars so that not only could our storage be upgraded, but the actual research center will be upgraded wow. with a visible vault. So you'll be in there researching whatever subject you're interested in, whether it's um, boarding schools of the West and the Ursuline Sisters or um, uh, pre-civil rights in this area with the Ozark Club, um, mothers between letters between mothers and sons during World War II, bootlegging. Anyway, you can do your research, and at the same time, you'll be able to look at this glass wall and watch professional museum work be done behind that wall. Wow. Kind of like at the Museum of the Rockies with the paleontologists yeah. um, working on the bones. And to my knowledge, it's the only one of this mm. kind in north-central Montana. Look at that. And who doesn't want to just sit and watch people work? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, be a live exhibit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When you see the kind of stuff that comes into the History Museum, I'm telling you, it's the best play you'll ever see because they're unboxing. I was there one day and they were unboxing China, like tea cups and saucers. Wow. And the neatest thing, they're in their gloves and they're unpacking all of this, but they're commenting on the pattern. They're commenting Mm. on where it was made. I'm like, 
You're just learning as you're watching them I'm just, just do their thing. Staring. Yeah. As we pack up for this construction project, we're trying to get things packed away and safely put put aside while we do the construction work. And one of the boxes that caught my eye recently were these sh sherds from a broken pot. I mm. thought the word was shard, and I recently learned that shard oh. refers to glass. Sherd is pottery. Oh, good to know. So learn something new. These sherds that were found at Om Pishkin, which are the is the only example of pottery this far north. Um, which either represents trade with uh -huh. southwestern tribes or, you know, maybe there's something to uncover about the kind of vessels that were used to carry things wow. on the northern plains. Um, so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like all kinds of just random, incredible stuff. also found a box recently from a carpenter who'd been out at St. Peter's Mission and had mm. done a lot of the building. So, yeah, whether it's fine china or tools or sherds from the <laughs> earliest known pottery, um, yeah found on the northern wow. plains there's something to see there one of our guests willie sloan was on talking about hiking and he actually did research at the history museum to find information about his dad who worked at the anaconda company and signed off on reports so he was cool. young i forgot about that his yeah. dad passed away and he'd gone and saw where his dad's signature was forever preserved because of the reports and materials that are contained for the anaconda company there hmm. so go back and listen to that episode. yeah yeah there's so much to see and do in great falls and if you haven't been to the history museum yet you you need to put that one on your list yes. um, the new research center will should be open in september construction's already began but something really exciting is happening in the Ozark Club at the History Museum also, where we are doing technology upgrades, yeah. which are bringing in new lights, um, cameras to record, um, bigger, better microphones, and a speaker system. So will you be able to do more documentary style stories about the research you're finding? Oh my be so God, cool. Christy, yeah. that's Absolutely. gonna be amazing. And inspired in part by your podcast that you do up here. You're oh, well. You're capturing you know. these stories, <laughs> and it's like, where else in Great Falls is there a podcast studio than at um, Visit Great Falls? Right. I don't know of one, and don't worry, guys. We're not just going to make a podcast <laughs> studio. No, do, please, do please, <laughs> please do your thing. Hey, we're we're not. We can't get into all of that. That's you guys. Yeah, we're, um, we'll happily direct people to you. Not fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great, but I mean. It, and it's a start, you know, and it's right. a way to record stories. And right. absolutely, we've done yeah. a lot of oral histories with mm -hmm. um, tape recorders and transcribing. Yeah. But when you can video them at the same time, I mm -hmm. think it's going to add another element. 100%. Yeah. We were talking about um, the Ursuline Western Province archives and the boarding school story. And we had this vision that, you know, as you bring in family members who attended the schools, you could record um, conversations, mm. whether it's between the nuns and... Um, the tribal members who were affected or even non-tribal members because the nuns took in both Native American and um, white children to educate. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we're excited to capture those stories and share them with um, a, a larger community yeah. and they're important to not just central Montana but the settling of the West. Mm -hmm. So it's a, a story about America. Will the Ozark Club then just play jazz um, with these upgrades every day? <laughs> and like you'd be able to walk in and jazz would just start playing. You can just start dancing. That's, that's a great idea. And especially these um, records that Philip Auberg helped yeah, refurbish right. that were from the Ozark Club. That'd be cool. Would be awesome background mm -hmm. music as you're 
going through the exhibition Absolutely. experience. That'd be really neat. This space too, I've been to um, an event in there. It's been a couple of years, but it's a really beautiful space too because it, it kind of has a rustic industrial with a modern twist kind of um, vibe to this space. And it's also a place that where you host other events and meetings and things like that, right? We do, yeah. yeah. The second Saturday of every month, we do um, kind of a lecture series where mm -hmm. you can listen to a story, but we also rent it out. So mm -hmm. other folks are hosting their dinners or their fundraisers or their Christmas parties there. And you're right, it's this awesome mixture of this industrial past on the south side of Great Falls with new technology. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so keep it in mind if you need a space for something when you're coming here. It is gorgeous. Yeah. It's a former implement dealer building. And even yeah. though it's very different than probably going up, well, a lot different than going up this to the second story where the Ozark Club was at its original location, we love that it has kind of this um, industrial south side feel. Yeah that I don't think you can get at any other venue in no. Great Falls. Mm -mm. No, it definitely has a unique feel. That's what I think is so awesome. Each venue in our city mm -hmm. is so different. Very true. Very true. We, we might have the most unique venues in, in the world. <laughs> we have an awesome city. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have to advocate for the entire county. I know this is Visit Great Falls. Yeah, but county counts. Hey, we yeah. can count the county. There's <laughs> so much to see in Cascade yeah. County mm -hmm. and experience and explore and um, unique stories and then great places to dine and drink yeah. and listen to music afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just finished an Ignite uh, presentation last week. This is an event our economic developers put on. Definitely not something I think travelers just show up in our town to do, but <laughs> honestly, if you want to get a pulse on what's happening in the next year in Great Falls, this is the event to go to. And they did a lot of announcements of new places to eat, um, not just in Great Falls, but within the region. Mm -hmm. One in Shoto I'm really excited about. Oh, cool. um, so we'll see if we get to spill some beans on that a little bit later, but um, just some great opportunities that have been happening. and. I'm real excited for this next year for Great Falls yeah. and all the work that you're putting in at the History Museum, yeah. all the investment other people are making, um, like some just chain restaurants that sometimes people think, oh, this is how I can classify what this town is. Um, everyone knows the old adage for economic development is, you know, you've made it once you have a Red Lobster or an Olive Garden. Mm, that's what many people and think. And so when, you, when <laughs> your community has one of those type of things, mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, you're this level of community. <laughs> but yeah. we're not getting those things, but we are getting an old Chicago and a pizza ranch. Oh, there pizza you. ranch sounds fun. My kids yeah. will love that. Yeah. But gosh, if you haven't had lunch at Fifth and Wine mm. or gone yes. to Enbar for appetizers or fire pizza, yes. great falls just keeps getting better and better mm -hmm. i've been back for about 15 years and I, mean, I love missoula i love bozeman but there's something about great falls there's um the diversity and space and charm i love this city i love yeah. eating here i love recreating here and it is a long way between yellowstone and glaciers so what a cool place to stop for a couple of nights mm -hmm. debrief get out of the crowd of the park and yeah um, have somewhere really cool to hang out. We couldn't have said it better. That's what we like to tell. <laughs> That's what we tell people. It's, we're the base camp for both of them. Yeah. 
you named all of our favorite places. To eat. I, and <laughs> I was also just thinking all of that, like you could just go to Fifth Street within like a couple blocks yep, and hit up, <laughs> hit up those three that you just named. They're all within a so few blocks yummy. of each other. And then take yeah. a right on mm-hmm. the south side of Great Falls, yep. go down to Machinery Row, stop for a taco at Magpie, and Ooh, yeah. visit the museum. Mm-hmm. I do like this community effort to have more of these placards in front of the old machinery row area buildings so you know what used to be there and kind of get to see those pictures um on the river's edge trail uh that urban loop next to west bank park and the missouri river courthouse Mm -hmm. they've got a great interpretive signage about the great falls brewery that used to be on those grounds that um, old pictures and the history of it. It's just cool to see what was. Mm-hmm. And we love good beer. You're yeah. right. <laughs> For a long, long time we have. All about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those incredible glacial deposits from the Ice Age era that leave the soil for the Golden Triangle to grow some mm. of the best barley around. That's I love right. seeing those local products in mm-hmm. our um, breweries. Is the exhibit on the beer still up at the History Museum or is that down? The brewery exhibit is down, but there's still an exhibition on Bootlegger Trail, Prohibition, and um, the Golden Triangle and why good beer comes from here. Nice. I love it. Good beer comes from here. See, I've gotten all kinds of good ideas Uh, for more stories here. Just amazing. I do... um, if it's okay, I have a few more Ozark Club questions yes, for you. So you said Don't it. You just ask permission. <laughs> She's our guest. We can ask her whatever we want. She just doesn't have to answer it. That's fair. Okay. So <laughs> you said that it closed. There was a fire that destroyed the building. Did it close before the fire, or did it close because of the fire? It closed because of the fire. Okay. And um, I'm not sure how it started. Okay. Oh, the stories we could make up. Mm-hmm. About yes, there's some speculation that it may have been arson. Um, but it, it is what ultimately closed down the Ozark Club after um, three generations. Wow. So they just, just decided. Yeah. They So they just decided either the money wasn't there or they were just like, you know, that's a good excuse to just be done with this. Yeah, and I mean, the Lamars, had the owners, the proprietors mm-hmm. of the club had gone through a lot. They'd actually lost a son a couple mm. years prior to that, and um, Leo Lamar was having some health problems, so between that and the fire, um, it spelled the end for the Ozark Club. Yeah. So when did you, when did the History Museum decide to take on the Ozark Club, um, or Maybe, maybe a better question is a different W question, like a, a why instead of a when, but um, why do you feel it's an important thing to, to bring that history back and have, have that club there? Um, well, I think the club, it's really important to talk about African Americans in North Central Montana because mm-hmm. I think it's a history that's kind of overlooked that mm-hmm. actually a third of the cowboys and um, railroad workers that were out west after the Civil War were African American. Mm. Oh, wow. So um, a lot more African Americans out here than I think we talk about. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was reading the other day how the African um, Methodist church was opened in 1891 in Great Falls. Oh, wow. There was... Been here from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Before the Air Force Base was ever here, Mm. there was an African-American contingency that came out west. So for that reason, I think it's really important that we talk about race in central Montana. And then the Ozark Club, just as um, a topic of jumping off to talk about how important businesses like this were 
for providing a, a space for people of all creeds and colors to mix mm. pre-civil rights. Because mm. if you think about it, it closed in the 60s. Um, gosh, the civil rights movement was from 1954 to 1968. Yeah. So pre-civil rights movement, yeah. a mm-hmm. black-owned jazz club. Southside of Great Falls. Everybody just getting along. Yeah. Bringing in the hottest <laughs> acts of music. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's neat. Well, and like you said, it's it's important to tell tell those stories and show all of the different perspectives and, like you said, the different cultures and things that have come through Great Falls that I think we often, unfortunately, forget about or it's not as well known. Um, and that's really made up a lot of what we are over the years and who we Absolutely. are today. Yeah, and then you think about, you know, it literally is one person like Jack Mahood reaching mm-hmm. out to Philip Auberg that um, made this story of the Ozark Club resurface. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only been in our building since 2004. Mm. We bought it in 99, um, but we've only been in the building since 2004. And this was about after 10 years of occupying the building Okay, that um, a director, three directors before me, Chris Morris really focused on developing the Ozark Club in an entertainment space. And then local historian Ken Robeson came in to work with Auberg and um, Jack Mahood to create the exhibit. Wow. What have been that you've heard people's reactions to seeing the Ozark Club or hearing about that history? I mean, is it surprise? Is it? I do think people are surprised. Um, I think they're also inspired and um, it makes them feel good to think about um, not only how far we've come as a nation um, as far as civil rights go, but also to remember that there were forerunners, that there were people bucking the trends and fighting for um, equal rights decades before it happened. Mm -hmm. And also um, I think there's this universal agreement that music breaks all barriers Mm. so you know race doesn't keep doesn't matter what what color your eyes are um when you hear good music that just stops you in your tracks yeah like um were you at the um john roberts epon bonco show no so this jazz music that literally people are stopped in their tracks it's like Mm. this sounds so good Mm. It makes me want to move, even if I'm a bad dancer. <laughs> All are welcome. It's even better when you're a bad dancer mm. because it's just moving your soul. Like it can't, you can't, you stop can't your help mind it from going. You suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not moving. Yeah, and it you just get, makes you move. Yeah, and you get to stop thinking about what's going on in my daily life, what's mm. going on at my home, or um, at my work, and you just get to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, there's very few things in my life that really do that for me. <laughs> I mean, of course, a good book um, <laughs> can take you out of the now. Um, an awesome day on the ski hill. Mm, yes. Um, and music, live music. I mean, music in your car is great too. You can right. Really get into some jam you can really sessions. get into it then. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're out there dancing and you don't even care what you look like just because it's oh, fun, yeah. It's yeah, the best. It's not even alcohol related. You just love the music. I mean, it does help. <laughs> right. A you feel less awkward. Right, yeah, you aren't quite as worried about it. Yeah. I was thinking I have a family member that actually um, promotes music, and she doesn't drink, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this universal thing where it's a feel-good no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Um, just to admire the talent of your fellow humans, but mm-hmm. then also to let the mo- music move you. Yeah. You have, uh, coming up in February, your second Saturday event, is a tour 
with you, right? Yes. Thank you for paying attention. That's awesome. (laughs) It's a pre-construction tour, and you can join us at 1 o'clock on the second Mm -hmm. Saturday in February and Mm -hmm. see all the big changes that we're doing in this International Harvester Tractor Supply Building. Um, Probably no secret that rehabbing a historic building... um, (laughs) Super easy. ...into a museum is a lot more challenging than a build, but it preserves a piece of our agricultural heritage Mm -hmm. um, that otherwise would be lost. Um, So right here in Great Falls on the south side, you can see how important agricultural heritage is with an implement dealer building of this size. It's a 40,000 square foot building. It's a Mm. beautiful building. It is. So and I'm sure space. it's cheap to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Historic buildings. Yeah, and, and the electricity, wow, you know, yeah. top notch. Mm-hmm. really holds the heat in. Uh-huh. <laughs> On these 25 below days we've had, I'm sure, you know. There, there's all these blocked in windows. Um, it's only been owned by three different um, sure. organizations. So you had the International Harvester that was run out of there, and then you had Northern School Supply, and then the History Museum. Well, Northern School Supply blocked in, like, all the windows during the energy crisis Mm. um, in the 80s, which, um, as much as that takes away from the beauty of the building, it does help. It does help you. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing is wanting to open up windows, and um, the way that we'll be able to afford those electricity bills in the future is by adding insulation and drywall to help control the climate. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really cheap. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. of our money is going towards um, that insulation, drywall, and electricity, and then the Robinson funds are going to go towards this new research center where we're tearing down a wall, making the space twice as big, and then mm-hmm. building a visible vault. And instead of having to invent where the windows are going to go, we're just restoring historic cool. interior windows. Nice. It's going to be really beautiful. And yeah. The space is so special and important. And having access to records that you don't find on the internet and mm-hmm. on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to see the truth and then interpret it. Yeah. Or to see the facts and then interpret it right. as your own truth. Well, and it's, like you said, it's it's rare to, because we, you know, Google everything, whatever. But here you're actually, you can hold these documents. You can see it. You can look through things that you might not normally find or take you, it takes you on to different trajectory in your research and that's there's something really special about that i think so too and it's sad to see um our newspapers dying Mm. in america and all the news going to online right so the fact that you can come to the museum and um, look through the tribune's records yeah um to this once incredible incredible newspaper um it's pretty special yeah the other day we found a um, really neat um, program from the Jack Dempsey fight in Conrad that oh. we had never seen before. Hmm. Um, we saw pictures from Fort Shaw that were in these Tribune files. Um, the Tribune actually started in Vaughan, and um, oh. so we had these files from, or, or the owner lived in Vaughan, the original one, and you know, it's like, here's these Native Americans out at the fort. We've never seen these pictures. Who are these people? Are they Blackfeet? Yeah. Are they Assiniboine? Mm-hmm. And what were they doing at the fort that day? Hmm. So... It's really fun to dig through the history. We can learn a lot about what we're interested in and then learn a lot about ourselves. Have you found many? I, I know there's a photo on your website f- talking about that the Ozark Club is a permanent exhibit, and there's a photo with that. Have you found, did you find many, like, Tribune articles about the Ozark Club or anything like that? Yes. Okay. There's so many um, articles from the Tribune about the club. Um, Are they... What were the context of these articles? They're mostly promoting um, the different acts okay. that were coming through, but 
Um, like I was just looking at an ad that says, it's the Ozark Club for a real nervous party. Oh, that's an interesting Maybe ner- like ner- nervous? Nervous as in j- jumpy excited? It says, dance to the music of the Ozark Trio, the man in the music. The floor shows, they're really crazy. <laughs> Servicemen, welcome. Servicemen, welcome. And then the last point, if you've got eyes for a good time, you'll really have it at the Ozark Club. <laughs> Let me see this. And the address is 118 3rd Street South. Okay. <laughs> Wow. It's this one right here. That's funny. So, yeah, um, over and over again, the Ozark Club is featured in the Tribune, um, mostly advertising the shows there. But, of course, there's good coverage of the fire that happened. Yeah. And then we love doing programs on the Ozark Club because people come out of the woodworks. Mm. And I was thinking the last time we did a program on it, um, a woman came in with her mother who said, that she'd been dancing at the club. Really? She wasn't supposed to dance at the club, but she'd gotten oh. out of the home and, <laughs> and went <laughs> she dancing escaped. with a friend. And, wow. Mm-hmm. It was That's a really fun. good time. Did she say, was, is the current mm-hmm. setup that you have in the History Museum, does it resemble at all the layout of what it would have been? No, okay. it, it doesn't, but um, we absolutely have a timeline where sure. you come in and you can um, read about all the different decades at the Ozark yeah. Club um, and different things that happened. What are you reading about, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> Just um, the magnificent singing of Myrna. Um, she performed nightly and she had some new songs and routines that were going to be on display at the Ozark Club. Routines. Which always harkens me back to, like, the White Christmas movie when you saw the sisters sing and they always had that choreographed. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought of. And her dress looks like she belonged in White Christmas as well. So (laughs) just that history of the way people were entertained. Was and, yeah. different. and I think she says that someday I'm going to have my own stage for singing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, right now I'm valued for my dancing, but someday I'll have the stage for my singing. Hmm. Yeah. It's just unique things of these time capsules of going back and seeing what the world looked like. Just the way people dressed back then was right. different. They I didn't know. wear leggings and short, short, short no and you can experience that at the history museum too we have an incredible (laughs) incredible collection of clothing um oh yeah so talking about jack mahood who played at the ozark club his widow dora who recently passed away um they didn't have any children i'd gone to her house just to visit with her a couple of times and um, i have to say there was an oc seltzer there (laughs) Um, And she had this incredible collection of shoes. She must have had 500 pairs of shoes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And she was a model, I guess, for the Paris um, downtown. Oh, yeah. And she had a size five foot. Oh, my gosh. Tiny. This woman answers the door. I mean, she must have been like 93. I think she passed away at 98. And in a crop top? No, but her high heels Heels. were very high. And I'm in my dance goes trying not to yeah. slip on the ice. And <laughs> here's Dora. She opens the door and she's dressed to the hilt oh and she has these goodness. heels on and offers me coffee and tells me the story about how she met her musician husband who was from a farm up in mm. Big Sandy and she also was from a farm and they both played instruments and that's how they met oh. each other. Oh my goodness. Oh, those are the coolest <laughs> stories. Yeah, what a neat experience. And the experience. fact that she's still kind of dressing that. Yeah. 
always put together yep. look. That's kind of gone. That's my dream. So her niece said, <laughs> um, would you like a couple pairs of like the best shoes from the Paris or um, a fur oh from my gosh. And It's like, yes, that is the kind of thing we collect so yeah. we can tell the story, not only of the stores, but the people and personalities who wore that clothing. Yeah. That, so. That's going to be awesome. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah, so thank you to the Mahoods. Yeah. Um, thank you to Philip Auberg. Thank you to Ken Robeson. And then, of course, um, the people who made it all happen, the Lamar family. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. operated the Ozark Club for three decades. I'm sad that it was a fire that ended that and that the building's no longer there. Yeah. I know. It is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like we've got a picture right here. We can recreate it. There we go. Just someone needs to build it down there. Um, yeah. I think there's a, a law office there now. Yeah, it's kind of like on the same side of the street where Studio Bar is, but towards the corner. Yes, yeah, more and towards the like rescue mission side of Ron the and street. Ron Nelson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ron Nelson is the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is that firm? Um, it's they now just renamed it. Oh, Frontage okay. Law or something yeah, like that. North, yeah, North Front Range. Law. Front Range. There it is. And yeah. right next door, I think there's. I think that law office used to be a bar called like the town tavern, tavern? yes yes oh. ma'am and, and on the second floor they had mrs wiggles <laughs> yep, <laughs> when was this when Robert and I started dating. Okay. I was like, I don't remember I'm that being there. 98, 99, okay. 2000 to 2000. I think it was probably <laughs> still going in 2000. Four or five. Okay. Yeah, I went in there one time. It was pretty crowded and kind of um, seedy. Yeah, the <laughs> first floor was just a bar. The second floor was dancing girls that you had to pay to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was all, I always asked when I ran into Ron, is like the pole still on the second floor? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> is it like, Ch- Church Harris is what it used to be? Yes. Church okay. Harris, Johnson Williams. Yeah. And he said, no, we took the pole down and um, <laughs> I was told was donated to the History Museum, but he might have lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just going to get rid of this. Well, that's where the Ozark Club was, right there okay. in that parking lot that's open on the yeah. corner. So next to where Church Harris, that's now Front Range. Yeah. Wow. That's where the Ozark originally like behind was. behind... Bert and Ernie slash Kellergeist. Yes. And then also keeping in mind that was its second location because pre-prohibition, it w- also was an operation, and I'm not sure of that address, but I know it was also on the south side of Great Okay. Falls. Okay. Gotcha. Silly prohibition. Um, and I know I've heard stories about how when these musicians would come in, because um, there was still a lot of, um, you know, there's racism and all these Jim Crow laws, that these famous performers would have to eat separately from mm. oh i know so so there's some really dark stories but it's like okay so when you're eating you can't be together but right, when you're but dancing, if you're dancing um, singing music yeah. changes everything yeah and mm. people change everything the yeah. people who work hard like martin luther king right. and um the lamars and their friends who changed things and shook things up right here in great falls yeah yeah Hmm. Well, thank you so much yeah. for sharing your knowledge and the stories that you know about um, and fielding all of our questions. <laughs> um, we've had a blast with Christy Scott again, History Museum, always available on 2nd Street. Uh, be a staple in our community, one of our 12 amazing museums in our fine, fine city. Mm-hmm. So um, if you need help planning your next trip, we're here for you. Uh, we've got all the resources in the world right at visitgreatfallsmontana.org. It's a new year, so share the episode with your friends and family. 
and give us a review. I mean, yeah, it's already, been a while. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. We're already Montana's number one podcast, but we'd like to stay there. Maybe we've slept. Who knows? Um, we'll just keep claiming that we yeah, want. Yeah, you just keep <laughs> claiming it until we verify. <laughs> so until we see your bright, smiling, happy, healthy face here in Great Falls, we hope you're creating amazing memories with your friends and family, wherever you might be. See you soon. We're no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town. Damn, that felt good.